So looking at the data allowed me to, to see that, all right, preparation was pretty sound. What wasn't sound was my um, planning for race day. So one crucial thing that I didn't do was I didn't check the course that I would be running beforehand, which is kind of a nice sort of metaphor for anything like check the road you're going to run on before you try and run it. (laughs) Before we jump into the episode, we've got a quick message from our good friends at Deakin University. Deakin has been a huge supporter of sports grads since day one. If you're currently studying or you've just finished studying, having a postgrad qualification in sports management on your resume can give you a huge leg up over other potential candidates applying for that same role. So if you want to pump up your resume and get specialized knowledge in sports behavior, law, marketing, ethics, finance, governance, and strategy, take a look at Deakin's postgrad qualifications. Their master of business in sports management is not one of but the best one in Australia, ranked at number one. So add a postgrad to your resume, and that's our tip for the episode. Hello and welcome to the Sportsgrad podcast, the ultimate guide to make it in the sports industry. I'm Ryan Walker, and joining me is the lightning quick Ruben Williams. We had two mates who met at Cricket Australia back in the day, and each week we learn how people made it in sports. We tease out their career decisions, their work habits, skills and everything they do that makes them great also that you can learn how to get in get promoted and get thriving in the sports industry rubes my old chap how are you g'day ryan i'm doing very well thank you old chap it's been a a, a busy couple of weeks i've moved from portugal to, to london caught up with some of the sports grad crew over there went to a football match at wembley between australia and england which was outstanding and then I've found myself down on the south coast of Turkey at the moment. So, yeah, busy period, but uh, it's uh, everything's going well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm going very well, very well. I got I don't know why I said old chap. I think I got it off uh, off the bench with Hutchie and Pickers. He always calls uh, Liam uh, – is it Liam Pickering? Uh, he always calls him old mate Picks. So I don't know why that sort of came to mind, but it kind of feels like, you know, you're an old mate Picks now. We've done this a few times, so – uh, it's pretty pretty normal. Uh, yeah, things are going well. The uh, the weather's turning in Melbourne, uh, so you're about to walk into some fantastic weather uh, when you return home in not that long. Uh, so it's going to be unusual to have you face to face again. Uh, I'll actually be able to look at you while we do our pod. But um, everything's going well. Community's flying. Um, there's lots happening. Events going everywhere. We've announced our meetups last week. Tickets are flying out the out the door um so yeah it's it's a crazy time but super exciting end to the year which is the main thing so uh no everything's going well over here beautiful it is very exciting i can't wait to get back i think i am um, the first week back in australia we go straight to back to back to back meetup so um i think maybe on the weekend after that then i'll get time to rest actually that weekend i've got my brother's engagement party so perhaps the day after or the week after that i'll find some time to chill out <laughs> oh i was actually gonna put on my uh on my LinkedIn post today, I was going to be like, we're going on tour. Uh, but I stopped myself, <laughs> <laughs> stopped myself saying that. But uh, no, you're dead right. We're going to be, it's it's going to end up being four cities in a week. Uh, three back to back to back. And then obviously I'll be over in Perth, which is super exciting as well. So it's going to be hectic. Uh, we're pumped to see everyone in our community, uh, which is exciting. 
Speaking of the community, I believe we've had a few wins uh, in the last week or so. Yeah, the uh, the wins are going off. It's incredible every time you jump back in there after a couple of days and a few more people have had some successes, but a few people to call out. Firstly, Rishab Gandhi, who has just become the sport development officer at Swimming Victoria. I believe he found that role on the sports grad job board inside the sports grad community. So well done to you, Rishab. And Sahil Patil, the has just become the sports programs officer at Australian International Sports Organization. So well done to you, Rishab. And then a special mention to uh, two of our favorites, actually three of our favorites, Two of them happen to work at Sportsgrad, but uh, Pranav Sali, uh, Keisha Quinn, and Shimona Albuquerque have just taken out the National Sports Forum case competition over in the US, which is a competition for undergraduate students to um, come up with a, uh, a marketing plan for a situation and present it. And uh, they were the only international entry, and they won. And now they get an all-expenses-paid trip to Pittsburgh in February next year to go to the National Sports Forum. So the guys are absolutely beside, them, beside themselves, and we are incredibly proud that um, they uh, have won. So well done to you guys. But if you want to become a SportsGrad member, best way to do so is jump on the website, head to sportsgrad.com.au forward slash community, and that's where you can sign up to get pre-sale access to our next intake of members. Otherwise, if you want to stay up to date with everything going on at SportsGrad, get our newsletter, sportsgrad.com.au forward slash newsletter. Awesome. There's never been a better time to be a SportsGrad member with lots happening. So uh, definitely jump on and, uh, and get on our newsletter as well. Now, today's a bit of an interesting episode. And I must say, over the last couple of months, we've had a bit of a theme of goal setting. And I think those who are relatively close to us would know that we've spoken about goal setting a fair bit over our journey and you have essentially built a, you know, a structure to how you set your goals. And obviously recently you have just done the, uh, the marathon or the half marathon, sorry, over in Portugal. Um, and this is, was a, a, a bit of a special event for you. Obviously being overseas, you had a goal in mind. Um, and I must say, there's not many goals that you set that you don't hit. I'm happy to say that because you are very, very driven and you do hit your goals. But on this occasion, you didn't quite get there. And I think it, we thought this deserves a podcast episode because there's many people listening who would have set goals, haven't quite hit them, and it's how you respond and how you sort of go through that process of review. So would love to know sort of that process how you feel now, and I guess just your thoughts on the whole thing. So I think people out there would love to know sort of how that process has taken place and, and your response to it. Yeah, yeah, you're dead right. So the, the purpose of, of talking about this failed attempt at a marath- half marathon PB is um, to, uh, to help anyone listening understand what do you do when you don't hit a goal? And I think it's really important to talk about um, failures or things that didn't quite get to the expectations that you had because most of what you hear out there is people talking about their success. It's like great. It's great learning from other people's successes, but I think you learn a lot more when you hear about other people's failures and what, and what didn't work. And um, I think personally you learn the most when it's your own failures and you, and you uh, start to reflect on that as well. So um, that's a reason for, for talking about this. Um, now to, to give you a bit of context, um, 
every year I set a few goals for myself um, and one of them is in the, the category of health. So how am I going to keep myself healthy this year? And um, one thing I've learned about myself is I'm not the kind of person who can just say, I'm going to exercise or eat healthy just for the sake of being healthy. I, I need a goal attached to it. And so um, I found that I couldn't make any progress towards that health goal I'd set myself unless I had an end target in sight. And so the first thing I did at the start of this year was um, enter myself into the Lisbon Half Marathon. This is around April, March. And as soon as I did that, I think I went from running, I think I did like three or four runs in March to about 19 runs in April as soon as I knew that there was an end goal in mind. As soon as I knew that I was going to be on display and I had to race and I was going to have the time kind of shown in my face, then that's when I started making progress. So I've been working towards this for, for a long time, had a bit of a lull period in, in July um, whilst I was in Europe. It became a bit harder to run over there, but then picked up the training again back into July and basically completed um, 10 or 12 weeks of a pretty solid training leading into this half marathon. And, um, and uh, to give you some more context, last year I ran the Melbourne Half Marathon and I set a PB time of uh, an hour and 22 minutes and, and two seconds. And my goal for that race was to beat the four minute per kilometer mark, which is an hour and 24 minutes. And I did not expect to beat it by almost a full two minutes. I was kind of like, wow, I didn't, I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> So that was that was a pretty that was a pretty cool feeling, and um, and so that kind of said that kind of um, um, said to myself like you know maybe you're capable of going to the next milestone which is under an hour and twenty under eighty minutes and so I thought let's try and work towards that so that was a goal for for working towards Lisbon. So I do my twelve weeks of training. I um. I'm traveling through Europe at the same time. Usually after work each day, I'll get out there and go for a run of some kind. Had a bout of food poisoning in Morocco that kind of sent me back a little bit, but we got past that and um, and uh, eventually arrived uh, at the Lisbon Half Marathon. And um, and this is when, like I, the day before the race, I was kind of quietly confident. I felt like I'd done all the training, but then race day didn't go to plan at all. I ended up with a time of an hour and 25 minutes, which was you know five minutes off the goal that I set for myself. Um, and, uh, and at the end of it, I couldn't help but feel pretty disappointed that I'd, I'd missed out my goal. And immediately after the race, I was, I was pretty flat. Chloe was trying all things to, to cheer me up. She was my, my girlfriend who was at the finish line cheering me on. And... Um, and uh, probably after a period of um, sulking for a little bit, I thought, well, you know what? It didn't work out. What's next? How can you move on and improve from it? So I'm going to try and walk you through the, uh, the series of steps that I've taken to reflect on this um, failed attempt at a PB so that you can apply it to whatever goal you have in mind. It could be a job interview. It could be a project you're working towards. You could be doing some, some other sort of health pursuit. Um, um, but this is a process that, that I went through. So firstly, the first thing I did to try and, 
assess and pick myself up and move forward is just get my mindset right. So I can't make any changes. I can't improve on it if I'm still down in the dumps and think this is the worst thing ever. So the first thing that I had to kind of understand is is uh, it's important to take a long-term view on things. So running is probably going to be my exercise pursuit for the next decade, I reckon. Like I can see myself, you know, running consistently for the next 10 years. And so if I want to break 80 minutes for a half marathon time, that might not, that doesn't have to happen this year. It could happen next year. It could happen in five years time. But every single bit of training, every race I do gives me a bit of experience to try and get there. So taking a step back and saying, Ruben, this could be a long-term project that you constantly work towards over years and years. Allow me to say, well, actually, this might be a vital bit of race experience that I can take with me to um, to uh, help me improve for the next one. So once I've got that on board and I thought, okay, this isn't the end of the world. It doesn't have to happen today. It could happen in the future. Then I started to move towards, all right, well, what actually happened? Where, where did it go wrong? And that's where, um, if you've got data available, dive into the numbers. So this is why running is a, a particularly useful or particularly good goal to assess because you can dive into the numbers quite easily and, and find out where it went wrong. So looking at, first I looked at my preparation. And one of the reasons why I felt quietly confident coming into this race was because last year leading up to my one hour 22 time, I did it, I think I did a 180 kilometers of training. And I remember the first time I stepped out to, to train for it, I just ran for the sake of running. And I did those 180 kilometers over nine weeks. And I remember talking to some runners being like, my God, like most people training for what you're trying to do, do 80 kilometers a week, not 180 kilometers spread out over nine weeks. <laughs> and um, so this, like this year, I did more than two and a half times the amount of training for it. I ran 480 kilometers over 12 weeks, had a maximum week of 74 kilometers when I was in Spain. And I was like, I was feeling good. Now, the other thing that um, was pointing towards me thinking, Ruben, you can do this was a, a test that I did. So a week out from the half marathon in, in 2022, I did a 10 kilometer test and um, I did the same 10 kilometer test this year, but I beat my time by I think about 15 seconds. The difference was the course that I ran for my 10 kilometer test was a lot hillier than the one that I ran in Melbourne. So I thought slightly hillier course, faster time. Also, I had an extra couple of weeks to, to prepare for it. I thought you're in a better position than you were this time last year. So again, feeling good. And then then we get to the race. So first 10 kilometers of last year, I ran a PB 10 kilometer time of uh, 38 minutes and three seconds. But the elevation for that first 10 kilometers was a total of eight meters. And during those 10 kilometers, my heart rate started at 125 and then progressed to about 145, 155, and by the 10 kilometer mark, it was at 179 beats per minute. So gradually building up. And I remember during that period of time, I had a, a group of elite runners come past me, and um, I looked at them and said, no, stick to your time, and just run your own race, and I let them go past. And I, felt, I remember saying to myself, I feel really good right now. I go to this year, I ran a new personal best 10 kilometer time, 
I did 37 minutes and six seconds, which is almost a full minute quicker than my PB last year. The difference was there was an elevation gain of 60 meters in the first three and a half K. (laughs) So I've basically sprinted uphill for the first three and a half kilometers. (laughs) And um, instead of my heart rate gradually building up to 179 beats over, over 10 Ks, my heart rate immediately went to 180 beats in the second kilometer. And I had a, had a fast alert on my watch saying, you know, if you're running over a certain time, um, slow down and again, stick to your own race. And I had a bunch of elite people come up part and would try to go past me. And I thought, no, stay with them. Like you're, you're trying to attempt something really difficult here. You've got to push yourself. And I pushed myself too hard. And uh, I remember thinking at five kilometer mark, I feel cooked here. And at the 10 kilometer mark, I was absolutely gassed. And at the 12 kilometer mark, I my pace dropped by like a full minute per kilometer. And so my race was over after 12 kilometers. And that meant the second half of the Lisbon half marathon, I just kind of just tried to just try to get to the, the finish line. And um and so that was a really difficult period knowing that I'd I'd run a a dumb race. Like I felt like I'd been quite prepared and quite clever with Melbourne. This one I felt like I was unprepared and quite dumb with the way I said about it. And so trying to live with that whilst also getting through the back end of a half marathon while you absolutely cooked and there's no one on the streets of Lisbon to like clap you on. Nah. Was very, <laughs> very depressing. <laughs> so Sounds horrific. <laughs> so yeah, it was. Dealing it was with guilt. Pretty, what's that? It's almost like you're dealing with guilt. You're like, why did I do this? Plus, I've got like another 10Ks to go. You know, like oh, knowing and... it mid-race would be hard to stomach. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, I've had a look at the numbers. I can see where I've clearly stuffed up. There's a 60-meter hill in the first few Ks, and I've just gone absolutely head over heels to try and attack it. And... um and that that kind of left me feeling good. I was like, well, how can I improve on this for next time? Because the purpose of reflecting on this is to make changes for the future so that you can continue to be better. So looking at the data allowed me to, to see that, all right, preparation was pretty sound. What wasn't sound was my um, planning for race day. So one crucial thing that I didn't do was I didn't check the course that I would be running beforehand which is kind of a nice sort of metaphor for anything like check the road you're going to run on before you try and run it. (laughs) And then you can start to plan accordingly. So for example, like if I had known there was going to be a hill at the start, I could then say to myself, well, actually you don't need to just try and run the same pace for 21 kilometers straight. Take the first few kilometers a bit slower, get over that, save your energy so you can come home strong. Mm. So the main takeaway I'm taking from this is have a race plan and stick to your own race because I think where I went wrong was um, not following my own advice from Melbourne where I said to myself, let them go, you've got your own path, stick to that and that's what worked. This time around, got caught up in the race, tried to go too hard, burnt out and failed. And so... um, and so at first I was pretty, pretty flat and disappointed with myself, but um, now I'm kind of grateful that I've got this lesson because I don't think I'll ever make that same mistake ever, ever again. <laughs> and I guess like the, 
the lesson for those making goals and failing? Like, are you essentially, you know, it's essentially like saying if you've got a goal, stick to your plan. You don't need to deviate, you know, when external factors come into it. Like, just run your race, go for your goal. You don't need to um, to change anything and, and you don't and and i guess also prepare for what that goal is going to bring and what what you need to do to get there mm, exactly right so the other thing they haven't mentioned too is um the morning of race day was less than ideal <laughs> so in melbourne 2022 i was living about three kilometers from the, the start line woke up very comfortably rode my bike into our office in cremorne kind of dropped my stuff off had a coffee did a bit of my race prep and then you know jogged over to the, the start line and I was like easy as in Lisbon they started the race on a bridge which is Europe's longest bridge it's like a 17 kilometer bridge and they started about five kilometers into it and um, the race day was also scheduled to be oh, sorry forecasted to be 31 degrees top of 31 degrees that day which is way too hot to be running <laughs> and um and so I went to bed that night thinking that uh, the race time was going to be 10.30 a.m. as has been for the last, you know, 10 months. And then I woke up and found a note under my door from the, uh, the father of the host family I'm staying with. And it said half marathon time has been changed from 10.30 to 9 a.m. So now I've lost an hour and a half in the morning and we have to rush to get to the start line. And when we get to the start line, um, you actually, you arrive at this bus depot because because you're on a bridge, only buses can take you out there. So now you've got to compete with about six and a half thousand people to get out onto a bus for a start time that's now 90 minutes earlier. And so wow. I eventually get on a bus and uh, the bus then takes forever to get to the start line because it has to go all the way across Europe's longest bridge, turn around to the other side and come back on the other side of Europe's longest bridge before it can drop you off. So it was like the most excruciating bus ride of my entire life because I was like, just get to the start. It dropped me off at uh, 8.50. So we got 10 minutes to go to the start line until the starting gun. And um, you've got about literally 5,000 people in front of you ready to start their race. And there's a little corridor along the side to try and move up the sections. And then there's a rail and on the other side of the rail is like the ropes holding the bridge together and then you've got the water. And so the clearest path to the front of the race was running where the ropes of the bridge were like on the edge of next to the water. So I'm like running <laughs> running along these um, ropes while race organizers saying like, get down, get down, get down. And I'm like, no, I've got to get to the front. I've got to get to the front. <sighs> so... I jog for about a kilometer to get it past all these people and uh, eventually get to the front section. And um, by that point, it's like 45 seconds past 9 a.m. They're like elite runners have just gone off. They're then waiting for my section. I've barely got time to like press start on my Garmin and connect to GPS. And then, you know, I'm underneath the start line, press go and, and we're away. So the other thing I'm trying to tell myself is you know, conditions were less than ideal. Like you can't change the fact that they move the start time early. You can't change the fact that, you know, the buses were an absolute nightmare to, to get on. And, um, 
you know, that sort of like pre-race anxiety is something. Yeah. yeah this is not what you want. It's like, ideally, I would have been stretching and warming up, but that didn't happen. Yeah. And so maybe that led me to go out guns blazing because I was, you know, full of adrenaline. Um, yeah. I don't know. But it's a good lesson to say, even if things don't go wrong, like find a way to calm yourself down and, and remember what your plan is. Uh, it sounds like it was just hectic to start. It was all rushed. It was just like hard to hard to relax. So I'm not surprised you went out the blocks real quick because, you know, you're just rushing the whole time. So, yeah. Um, wow. Well, it sounds like an experience, I must say. But it also, like, I love the way that you analyze your goal. Like, I love how you don't just say, oh, I was, you know, I just didn't hit it. Like you've analyzed each stage of it, which is um, which is pretty impressive. So I think well done, but I think uh, work harder next time, mate. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be another race. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm actually like, I'm kind of keen to find another race because I feel like I've done all this training and I want to put it to some sort of use. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what's available in Melbourne over summer. It might be a little bit warmer for you, which will be even worse, but... Uh, I'm sure you'll get there. Mm. Brilliant. Nice one. Um, all right, well, we might wrap it there. We've obviously got our sports grad after this, but uh, well done, mate. I think it was a good effort nonetheless. So I think you should be proud that you actually completed it um, and made us who – made all, all us out there who don't do this kind of stuff look look lazy. So um, well done, and I'm sure you'll you'll get there eventually. Guys, it's time now for everyone's favorite segment of the podcast, Ask Sports Grad, where each week we answer a question directly from our community. If you'd like to ask a question, first become a Sports Grad member. You can join our next drop and intake of members at our website at sportsgrad.com.au slash community, and then we'll answer your question in the Discord server. Rouge, this one comes from good friend of the show, sports grad employee and one of our absolute favorites and we've mentioned him at the top of the episode, uh, Pranav. And he says, how do you follow up or stay in touch with people you've met for coffee or messaged after a networking event? Is there a secret source to this kind of thing? <laughs> Great question. And um, uh, NSF uh, champion as well, Pranav too, yes. as of recent. Um, interesting that you say that, Pranav, because uh, Francisco, who I was staying with in Portugal, who's another sports grad member, he asked me the same question, like, how do you stay in touch with your network? And I said to Francisco, I'm a big, like, pinger. Like, I just ping people all the time. Or I'm a big, like, commenter is another way of putting it. So if I see something on LinkedIn that people put out, I'm love commenting on it because I think what people get up to is awesome. Same if I follow someone on Instagram, I'll shoot someone a message if they post something interesting on their story or post an interesting photo. If people share what they're up to, I will generally comment on it. Like they don't have to be my absolute best friend, <laughs> but I will still comment on it or give a like or you know share something. And um, I reckon that's probably something that I didn't always used to do. I was probably a bit shy and a bit afraid to be like, oh, who am I to be commenting on this? I don't really know them. That's kind of changed over time. So for me, like the easiest way to stay in touch with people is just, you know, drop the odd comment here and there. And it's kind of like you almost enter that um, category of friend just by saying, oh, I'm going to, you know, communicate with you as if we were friends to begin with. <laughs> 
which um, I'm only realizing this thinking out loud now, but um, like, you, yes, you can follow up every three months, every six months with a formal like, hey, how's things? Let's check back in and, and all that again. But I find the um, easiest way is just to, just to comment on things when, when, when things come up. The other way to keep in touch with people is post stuff yourself because that yeah. gives other people a chance to comment on what you're doing too and that creates another chance to communicate with people. So I think comment as much as you can just because if you see interesting stuff, you should you know support other people but then also share what you're up to too because people want to support what you're doing too. Love it. The strategic comment, I'm all for it. Uh, but no, it's, it's a great question. I think you, you've hit it nail on the head. Like just doesn't need to be so formal. It can be very casual. A little comment here and there doesn't go astray. And it doesn't even need to be strategic. Like I think one of the easy ways for me to do it is just I am genuinely like interested in what other people are doing. Otherwise, like if I had to remind myself every day, oh, comment on stuff, like I'd I'd drop off very quickly and I'd find it very, very boring. But if you're interested in people, it's an easy thing to do. You can also tell when it's disingenuous, I reckon. Uh, It's like just a throwaway um so just be genuinely curious and you know i think it's a good way to go Mm. awesome well if you'd like to ask us a question or ask our friends in sport a question become a sports grab member each fortnight we're holding virtual events where it's an open floor for you to ask us or other industry professionals any of those burning questions that you might have and when you join our community you get immediate access to our 50 hours of exclusive content as well so get involved in our next intake Uh, via our website in the meantime you can find us on linkedin give us some love with a rating if you enjoy the show and subscribe on apple and follow on spotify thanks for listening we'll see you next time hey guys one last thing before you go if you'd enjoy a quick email from us each friday on all the latest job openings networking events q a's with industry professionals and latest podcast episodes then subscribe to the sports grade newsletter head to our website www.sportsgrad.com.au forward slash newsletter to subscribe. There's also a link in our show notes to join.